chimes of time bring out the news another day is through someone slipped and fell was that someone
I want you to stand corrected. You're not just a furnace man. You're a child of God. Praise God. You're a messenger. Hallelujah. Though the world looks upon me as I struggle alone, they say I have nothing, but they are so wrong. In my heart, I'm rejoicing how I wish they
into the night wanting a place to hide this weary soul this bag of bones I tried with all my might but I just can't win the fight I'm slowly drifting this vagabond praise God and just when I ran out of the road I met a man I didn't know and he told me that I was not alone because he picked me up and he turned me around he placed my feet on solid ground I thank the master I thank the savior I thank God praise God I cannot deny what I see no choice but to believe my doubts are burning like ashes in the wind oh, I like this part so so long to my old friends all my burdens and bitterness you can keep on moving oh yes cause you're not welcome here praise God Because he 
rescue every daughter bring us back the wayward sons and by your spirit breathe upon them show the So they might not know the Lord. Um, so this song is exactly that. Think of that one person that you love, that you want to come to Christ. They want You want them to know who Christ is in their life. Um, and we're calling out the dry bones. So can we just sing the chorus one more time? We call out to dry bones, come alive, come alive. We call out to dead hearts, come alive.
what a revival would look like. Out of the ashes, you can see those bones come together and begin to march like a mighty army. Don't you look forward to that? Are your dry bones here this morning? Nothing's too big for my God. No, 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 no.
went to church one day to hear them sing and play. The preacher, he firmly plowed the gospel plow. Oh, he said you must repent. So down that old aisle I went. And now it's different. Oh, so different now. Well, it's different now. Yes, it's different now. Since Jesus saved my soul. Since Jesus saved my soul. Well, it's different now. Yes, it's different now. Since by his blood I'm Satan, he had to flee when my Jesus rescued me, and now it's different. Oh, so different now. Well, sin's fetters they held me fast, the die was almost cast. My proud and haughty spirit, it would not bow. Oh, but just one glimpse of him, and he broke the power of sin. And now it's different. Oh, so different now. Well, it's different now. It's different now. Since Jesus saved my soul. Since Jesus saved my soul. Well, it's different now. Yes, it's different now. Since by his blood I'm whole. By his blood I'm whole. Satan it had to flee. When my Jesus rescued me. And now it's different. It's different now. Since Jesus saved my soul. Since Jesus saved my soul. Well, it's different now. Yes, it's different now. Since by His blood I'm whole. By His blood I'm whole. Well, Satan he had to flee when my Jesus rescued me, and now it's different. Praise God! The victory now is 
one And now it's different Only by him Praise oh, God so different now Well, it's different now Yes, it's different now Since Jesus saved my soul Since Jesus saved my soul Well, it's different now Yes, it's different now Since by his blood I'm whole By his blood I'm whole Well, Satan, he had to flee When my Jesus rescued me now it's different Oh, so different now Danny, Danny, won't you come up for a minute? Come on up. I know that you're leaving. Yes, Danny. You're going to need to get called here in that. Private Danny, you need to come forward. He's leaving tomorrow to serve this country. Guys, I want you to wait and pray with him. Stay. I want you to come up and say what you want to say. And Ben, come on up. And as we go to prayer, we're going to anoint him. Bobby, if you would. Pray for him as he leaves. I want you to see his face so you can remember it when you're praying. Don't usually do this, so uh, kind of bear with me here for a minute. But uh, just want to say I uh, appreciate and love all of you. It's good to see you guys all here. Um, that's kind of basically it. I don't, I don't usually do speeches or anything like that, but, uh, um, the hardest part is, uh, not seeing anybody that I've seen and care about and going away. That's the toughest part, but, uh, I'll be back. And when I am, uh, be glad to be back here every Sunday and we'll make it happen, you know, but love all of you and see you guys soon. It's not a goodbye, it's just a see you, see you soon. So, thank you. If you don't get a chance yet before you get out of here today, make sure you say something to Danny. given this morning and we thank you for all that you've been able to do we thank you for the songs this morning when God bless you for all that's been given 
We thank the musicians for their faithfulness. Brother Mike filling in today on the bass. He's usually lead guitar, but he can play just about anything. I think he ouch. <laughs> it's a lot of work, isn't it? <laughs> Big old strings, but we thank Mike for that, dear God. And he said Eli and Matthew and Brother Jim and Jacob. We had uh, Eli, uh, Heath over here on the drums. Sister Becky, we thank you for everything to God and the faithfulness of those that have been able to help us in our morning service. It was funny as Sister Shiloh was singing this morning. Bro, Bill, Bill, you can't leave yet. You got to hear this. Sister Shiloh was singing this morning. She says, as we call out the dry bones come alive, Bill came through the door. <laughs> so I don't know what that means, but right when she said dry bones come alive, Bill opened the door and came in. But uh, he's been, not been feeling too well, and I know he's recovering, and we're glad to see him this morning. And uh, we pray that for continued health for him and continue to lift him up also for brother ken obviously and there's many other needs matthew's not able to be with us today he's not been feeling well and we know that the season of colds and flus and all the things that are coming in and we pray for health and safety for our congregation and we thank you for being here this morning someone asked me if i was going to do the message this morning i said yeah you got me for one more day then you're safe for about six months and that was the only amen i got and they said amen Praise the Lord. So, yeah, she, so I get it, you know, and uh, I understand. It was my wife that said it. That was the worst part. No, she didn't, no. But um, we pray, dear God, and uh, Brother Andy will be preaching next week. We're trying to fill those that are available, the time slots that are available, those that can, when they can. And Andy will be helping us out next week. Brother Randy will be doing tonight's message. Come out. Be here. Hear what God has given Brother Randy. He's so busy with missionary such and things. And Randy, is your website active yet? Almost active. Randy has a website that has been helped design for the missionary work that he's doing. And when that's close, if you feel so led, not that you would, uh, but check it out and go over there and look and see what Randy's been doing down there in Africa with Brother Mark, who's come and preached for us a couple times. So get a chance to look at that. We invite you out for all the things that God has offered unto us in this congregation. And uh, um, so we thank you. God bless you. And we pray that God has his way. I wanted to set this up with a little story this morning. How many of you know what this is? Huh? My notice to do what? My note. No, it's not my notes. Where's Cindy? She left. The only one to really know. No, not Cindy. That's Cindy. Cindy. Tim's wife. She knows. This is a summons to go to court. The most dreaded mail that anyone would get. I was number 37, but I found out today I probably shouldn't tell. I actually get 12 bucks for going, Bondi. I didn't know. I, she says she wrote a check to me this week. I, I did, hey, Sister Cindy, you know what this is? The jury summons. Thank you. She probably mailed it out and said, ha, 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 I got him. This past week, I was called to serve on the jury. Now, I had been called a couple times, and most of the time they let me off, but this week Cindy would not let me go. She pulled me in there, and her team wrote down that I was to serve. And what I want to say was give this story and kind of set this up this morning. Because what had happened was I was called, as I said, to serve on a jury. Now, I was not actually one of the final 12. As I said, I was number 37. So they would have had to get through a whole bunch of people to get to me. And fortunately, I was, not fortunately, but I was not called at that time. But what was interesting about that is we were called into that room. The judge told us what the case was about all of us 
And it was a horrific case. I don't want to get into it what it was. But there was accusations that were cast forth. There was accusals. There was even prejudices and biases. But it was a horrible crime that was supposedly, I'm saying supposedly, presumed innocent till found guilty, okay, that was accused towards this young girl by someone who was elder. And you can all kind of go where it goes from there. Now, so this crime was brought forth and the judge was telling us what we needed to do and how we needed to prepare ourselves. So before I go on further, I'm sitting there in that little box that Sister Sydney knows about and Judge Teep it is, Teep's room. I was there on the side and I already had the case figured out. I was looking over there at the, at the gill ones that were accused. I mean, I had the guy guilty. Oh, he looks like, oh yeah, he looks like he would do that. Most surely he's guilty. Look at those shifty eyes. Look at that. Oh, I had my prejudices. I had my biases. I had already figured out the case. Yep, he's guilty. Look at it. I could just tell. That guy is as guilty as the day is long. No doubt about it. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Don't even need to have the trial. Slam it down. Guilty. So as they go on and on, kind of laughing about it, the judge goes on and on, and then they do a thing called, I probably won't pronounce this right, wadir where they call those into the box and they begin to question the potential jurors. Would you have any reason you can't serve? Well, the one that I was sure was guilty, guess what? He stands up and starts asking questions. Well, he's the lawyer. I had the lawyer guilty and the criminal I thought was the lawyer. Kind of crazy, wasn't it? I had him guilty. He was going to jail if it was up to me. And he ended up being the lawyer kind of funny isn't it but my prejudices and my biases had already predetermined what I thought was guilt or not guilt but the judge begins to tell us something and that's what I'm going to speak about what I felt God has led me to speak about this morning he used a word that I've never heard before so I had to look it up some of you smart college people know what it is probably I don't know if any of you speak Latin I don't I don't either but he says, the, the, the law of reepsa laquator is here today. Okay? How about speaking English? And what he said was this. It matters not what these lawyers say. It seems odd. He says it doesn't really matter. Because one of the jurors was very, very upset when, when the prosecuting attorney said that he was guilty. And the juror said, I don't like that. You said he's guilty. Aren't we presumed innocent until we're proven guilty? And the prosecutor says, you got to understand, I say he's guilty. That's why I'm prosecuting him. The other guy's going to tell you he's innocent. And the judge stepped in and he said, but guys, you must remember this, jury. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they're doing. What matters today is the law of reipsa laquator. I'm going to put it down to English. The evidence will speak for itself. The evidence will speak for itself. That's what you need to listen to. That is all that matters today. This lawyer will tell you he's guilty. This one will say he's innocent. But the innocence or the guilt or the lack of guilt will be determined by the evidence that is given today. And the evidence will speak for itself. And that's what you need to hear. The evidence that is given. Nothing else matters. 
biases, prejudices, preconceived notions. It doesn't matter that juror number 37 had the lawyer going to jail and prison for this horrific crime. doesn't matter what I thought. I was wrong. Don't call me back anymore, Cindy. The evidence is all that matters. The evidence will speak for itself. Now I'm going to say something that you will probably find pretty odd coming from someone standing behind a pulpit. Really what I say up here probably doesn't matter a whole lot at the end of the day. It doesn't matter my prejudice or my thoughts or whatever, whether one is saved or not. It's not me you're accountable to. You know that? You're accountable to the Lord only. Now, hopefully and prayerfully, God will give messages and give things that will help guide those that are standing behind this pulpit to lead you to a greater knowledge of Christ and how to follow him. But at the end of the day, you're not accountable to me. You know, at the end of the day, you're not accountable to the one sitting next to you in the seat, Connie, you and Bob. At the end of the day, Bob's not accountable to you for his salvation or lack of salvation. All souls belong to God. You know, it, it doesn't really matter. Now, that may come odd to say, yeah, someone's standing behind a pulpit. What I say doesn't matter. I hope that you listen and gain and, and grow more in Christ. You grow where God has planted you. But at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's about him. So we're all going to be summoned unto a day where the evidence will speak for itself. We're all going to be summoned unto a day. It tells us in Romans chapter number 14. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Why dost thou at naught against thy brother? For we all shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself unto God. Every one of us will give account of ourselves unto God. And it also tells us in 2 Corinthians, let me get over here and make sure I get this marked. 2 Corinthians 5, for we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that which he hath done, whether it be good or bad. It also tells us in Revelation, I believe it is chapter 20, And I saw, in verse 11, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. There was no place found for them. And the dead I saw, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened and another book was opened, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up its dead which were in it. And the death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. There is a summons coming forth unto every one of us in this room today. Every one of us in this room today is going to get in the mail a little yellow slip. And it's not becoming from Sister Cindy. We can't blame her for that. Every one of us will receive a point and a time when we are held accountable to God. Where we give an account of what we've done. 
with that which he has given to us. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's not what I think about it for you. It's not what I say for you. What matters is what thus saith the evidence of your life. What does the evidence say? I could have one innocent. I could say, this one, no doubt about it, is going to heaven. They're a good person. They've done all these good works. But in the end of the day, I don't know their heart. I don't know where they're at with God. I don't know that inner person. They could be the most wicked, evil person in the world. I mean, surely I don't know. I had the lawyer going to jail. And the, and the criminal, who was, I think, acquitted, I had him innocent and free. I didn't know anything. My biases, my prejudice led me astray. So in the day, it didn't really matter. Now, I want to tell you that I don't want to say that you want to cast for naught the things that God has given unto you. But in the day, the evidence is what will speak when it comes down to your life. You know, at the end of the day, the evidence will speak is what matters. Not what the big mouth guy standing behind the brown desk says. Now, Brother Tim may listen to this and say, man, now he won't. He'll say the same thing. Brother Tim knows he's not your salvation. We know that you signing our church book is not your salvation. We know that you doing this work or doing that work is not your salvation. But it tells us in the book of Romans or the book of Corinthians that we all shall give account unto God. Now, we all know that and it tells us that God has given all judgment unto his son. Tells us in John 5. I've repeated that the last couple of weeks. It tells us that God has given all judgment unto his son, and that son's judgment is rightful and true. So Jesus shall be the judge that you will be standing before someday, and you will give a paid, you will give an account of the life and what you've done with Christ. It tells us that we all have been summoned and we all shall appear before God. I hate to give you bad news on this Sunday morning, but there is a day and a time when you will receive that final yellow slip and you will have to give an account of what has been done with the Christ of Calvary that's been given unto you. There's a great day coming. There's a great day coming by and by when the saints and the sinners shall be divided right and left. Are you ready for that day to come? Now, I've told you that really it doesn't matter what I say. I hope that you don't take that verbatim and say, well, I'm good. Shut him off. I do hope that you listen what God has given this morning. But at the end of the day, I'm not the determiner whether you're saved or not. I'm not the determiner whether you make heaven or not. It's not my job. It's a God job. Remember a long time ago, it's a God job. It's his job, not mine. He has not retired and said, you take over. It's a God job. But that doesn't mean that I don't want to, or we as a church, or you as an individual will not have evidence in your life of what has been done in your life through Christ. I believe, and I think you would want to, that there would be some evidence that you have Christ in your life. There should be something that is different in you than there was before. There should be some evidence. It tells us in Ezekiel 47, a couple chapters over where Sister Shiloh sang about the dry bones in Ezekiel. It tells us in Ezekiel 47 that there is life that flows from the throne of God. The river of life flows from the throne of God. 
And in that life, it will go into desert places. It will go into places that lack. And the fish will abound. And there will be healing in those waters. And the nations shall be healed. And it encourages those followers in there in Ezekiel 47, get into the water. Jump into the water. But what happened is the first one said, I went in and I went into my ankles. <laughs> How many of you just kind of live in the evidential life that you're just into the ankles? I know that, I don't know if any of you have a swimming pool. I don't have a swimming pool. Some of you may have a pool. You know, there's some people that when they go swimming, they just jump in no matter what. I'm not one of those. I would be one of those sitting there and get my foot, oh, it's cold. Oh, I can't get in. And the little kid says, just get in. Oh, but it's cold. Get in the water. No, it's cold. I, you touch your toes and then you finally, you know, I, I just get in a little bit. You know, I'm burning up and I'm hot, but my, I'm just getting in a little bit because that water's cold. And I don't want to get in all the way because I don't know what will happen, but I get my ankles in. You know what? Many of you and many of us and many in our lives, we're just ankle deep in this thing. You got your foot in the door. You just kind of started, but still 95% of you still outside the door. Not a lot of evidence. People may not even know that something has happened. I mean, think about it. I've used Sister Cindy a couple times. I'll use her one more time, and then I'll get off. I think they've got a swimming pool, or had one. If I don't want your house, is that thanks for inviting me swimming. She said, but you're not even wet, but I got my ankles in. You didn't swim. You just tipped the toes in. I wasn't swimming. We can get up to the knees, it tells us in that chapter. A little bit further in. It tells then you can go to the loins. But what a desire is to experience life and have a full abundance of life that God has promised. You want to get in where it's swimming water. You want to go in all the way. And there is an evidence that happens when you get in all the way. Now again, it doesn't, I'm not your judge. It's a God job. But I tell you what, there is some evidence when you fully have given your life unto Christ. There needs to be some evidence in your life of the change that has happened in your life. It should show forth. It tells us in the word of God. He says, in John, he says, For all has given his judgment to the Son, but the evidence will speak. It says, If any man loves me, he will keep my word. You will desire to keep the word of God. It tells us in Matthew, whosoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. You will take up your cross. It also tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that you will be a new creature. Old things are passed away. We see all of those passages that tell us that there will be evidence of a change when you accept Christ as your Savior. And that evidence is not accountable unto me or to full gospel assembly. Or if you're a visitor here today, your home church where you go. But it is accountable to the judge only. And he who sits upon that throne. And you will give account of yourself unto him what you have done with that which he has given unto you. I tell you what, I believe this. Even though it's not my job and it's a God job. I believe that if you've truly accepted Christ as a Christian... You will want to know more about the word of God. You will want to know what thus saith the word. You will want to read it. You will want to decipher it. You will want to study it. You know, and I, and I love that you guys have uh, the Google Bibles. I, I, I love that. It's great that you have early access and you have great access. 
and it's wonderful that you have that, and it's a quick tool, and I even use it sometimes when I want to look up a verse that I can't remember. Oh, where's that at? Or I look at my Bible app. But let me tell you something. There's something special about having it in your hands and being able to write into it and cross out something and write down something when God speaks unto you. And that is something permanent. It's there and it's in your hands. Sister Cindy has, I think, Brother Larry's Bible. I mean, it's worn and broken and falling apart. But, you know, when the man of God certainly searches into the Word of God, his Bible may be falling apart, but he's not. I think you posted that a week or two ago. Because when you get into the Word, the Word will get into you and your life will be changed. There has to be evidence that you love and want to know more about the Word of God. That is evidence. That is solid evidence. This is my one with the big pages so I can see more. Big letters. But you know, I've got a couple of them. I think I'm on my second or third one in my open Bible. One of them was falling apart. I got to rebound. The other one's falling apart. Not that I'm anything special. But get a word that you can write into. Feel it. Touch it. Grow. Read it. And you know what's even more special about this? When you get your summons, if the Lord delays his coming, your children will have something to look at that you've left them. A legacy. I have two Bibles that I've used my life, my main study Bibles, and I want each of my kids to have one. All the notes, all the things that are written there. I want them to see who dad was. Because the evidence speaks that that word changed me. That word changed my life. That word grew me, helped me, pulled out some things that didn't belong there. Put in some things that I needed to have there. That evidence is that the word of God has changed my life. I am a new creature. The old guy that I was was passed away. Not because of my works. Not because of what the church had done for me. Not because of my brothers and sisters or those that I played softball with or those that I had fun with. I enjoyed every moment of it. But the evidence of my life when I stand before the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ at that judgment day. That great judgment day. I will say, thy word was a lamp unto my feet and it guided me day and night that I might not sin against you. I will not pull out my smartphone and say, well, let me look at that up. I will not. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not your judge. It's not my job. I use technology. Our Sunday school was lesson on that today. I'm studying the word. I have my Bible app open. If I want to jump around in five different verses, I want to find the Greek meaning. I got a strong concordance up there, yeah, but... I also have a Bible app, Esor, that I can find the original Greek meaning of that word in about one second. I like that, and I use that. I'm not anti-technology. Buy yourself a Bible. Get a hardbound Bible. Get one. Write in it. Let me, Kim, can I borrow it? Just a second. Highlight it. Where God has spoken to you and where he said that's for you and you alone. There'll be evidence that you love the Word of God. There'll also be evidence that you love His body, you love His church. I'm not going to pound on you about that. Lives are busy, I get that. But you'll want to be with your brothers and sisters, and iron will sharpen iron. You'll want to grow. I realize schedules are so, so difficult. I get it, I'm not stupid. I enjoy a vacation here and there. I know you enjoy a vacation here and there. I know life gets in the way. But Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There'll be an evidence that you're changed. You go down to that building when you can. 
You want to grow when you can. You want to go to those Sunday school classes to learn more. You want to go to midweek when you can. You want to come to a men's group, a ladies' princess group, I think it was called, where they did that. You'll want to attend. You'll want to be with your brothers and sisters. You'll be a changed and new creature because old things will pass away. Not, not only will you love the word, you will also love his body. You will love his church. You know what? You all may not like me a lot, but I enjoy being around you guys. The world wears me out. The world wears me out. I did, you know, I went there that Monday morning and I sat in that jury box and I thought, what a reprobated world we live in. What an evil world we live in. Where an older brother would do something so horrible to a younger sister. And I think Sister Sydney told me, there's a couple of those cases that day. We live in an unredeemed world. Falling apart and if you don't see it, you're missing it. But the evidence will run in your life. It tells us in Galatians 5, 7, it says, You have run well. You've got a good start. You've done really, really good. But what has hindered you from keeping running? What has delayed you from moving on? What has delayed you from getting beyond the ankles to the knees to the loins where you're swimming fully in? It tells us also that we will not only love his word, we will love his church. You know what? You will love the Son. You will fall in love with Jesus. He will become precious unto you above all things. He will be the Lord of your life and you'll want to know all that you can about him. And where do you find that out? In his word. Seeking to grow thereby. Knowing more about the Son. You'll also want to know about how can he help me live this Christian life. Because many of us struggle at times and we fall and we goof up and we mess up. I realize that happens. It's God's job, not mine. I'm not your final judge. Sister Leona, not that you would ever. But if Andy makes a mistake, we have an advocate with the Father. You ask for forgiveness. It's not my job to judge him. I don't even know who to send to jail. The lawyer was going to jail. Remember I said that? But you'll also love the Spirit of God. And you'll want to know how that spirit can help you move and walk and live this life. You will want the spirit of God to fully. The, every one of you has given a measure of the spirit when you were born again and you are saved. Do you believe that? The spirit of God is placed upon you and it's given you and it's in you and it tells you how to live this life. It's helped you there. It's with you. It's saved you. Because you weren't saved of your own. You're saved by the spirit of God placing a spirit of conviction upon you. And you've accepted him as Christ. And that spirit dwells within you. That new creature. You know to do that which is good and that which you do not to you to sin. The Spirit of God guides and directs you into that. Wonderful, the wonderful, wonderful things. But it also tells us in Acts chapter 1 that he also wants to give you a baptism of the Spirit to strengthen you and help you more powerful, to endorse that which has begun in you. You'll want to know all about that because the evidence of your life will be presented before the Lord. There's a great day coming. A great day coming by and by. When every one of us shall give account of ourselves unto God. Get that. Every one of us in this building this morning will give account of ourselves unto God. You won't be able to go and say, well, my mama was a really good church. It don't matter. Well, my preacher, I really like. It doesn't matter. 
Doesn't matter what he said. Well, my, my, my Sunday school teacher said I was a good girl. Sister Cindy told me she loved me and, and how special I was. And those are great, great words from my sister Cindy. But at the end of the day, she's not your salvation. Sister Sue let me sing a few times. And, and everybody told me how good I was and how great I sang. Great, wonderful. You blessed the congregation. You edified them and you lifted them up. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. All good things. But it don't matter at the end of the day when you stand before the Lord. That seems crazy, doesn't it? seems crazy that a preacher would stand up in front of you and say some of these things. I'm not saying they don't matter, but you get where I'm trying to go with this. They're not determining factor. The determining factor is the evidence will speak. The evidence of your life will speak whether you've accepted Jesus as your Savior. In Galatians 5, it also tells us you'll have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. You will be a changed individual. The fruit of the Spirit will be evident within your life. It will be seen. Ephesians 6 and James 2 tells us that you'll want to serve God in some manner, in some aspect. You'll want to serve Him. Your faith is great, but I want to see your works, it tells us in those passages. Psalms 1 says, you will walk in the counsel of the, un not in the counsel of the ungodly, but thy word you will walk in. And it's counsel. When you have a need in your life, where do you go? The evidence should speak that you go to the word of God in a time of prayer. God, what should I do in this aspect of my life? You will want to dive deep into the things of God. And the evidence will speak for itself. But not only is there a bema seat of judgment that we talked about in Romans and Corinthians. See, that's for you Christian folks. God's going to hold you accountable for what you did with his son. He's going to hold you accountable how you lived your life. It's not of your works. It's not for salvation. You're saved. Okay? Your works do not bring your salvation. But God wants to know, what have you done with that I have given unto you? And I want to have some evidence that, God, I, I served you to the best of my ability. I did what I knew to do. I made mistakes, but I did my best. And, and not only that, I'll have an advocate there with me. He'll be speaking on my behalf. He'll say, yeah, he wasn't perfect. He didn't have it all figured out. He made a lot of mistakes in his life. But Jesus will stand before the Father and says, but I am the judge. And I can tell you on a night, on a Sunday evening, he accepted me as his Savior. And he asked me into his life. And I know that he's tried to live for me every way that he could and every day that he could to the best of his ability. As I gave him light, he walked therein. As I closed doors, he did not walk in those doors. As I did this, I guided and directed, did the best. And I can tell you that he followed me all the days of his life. Not perfectly. He wasn't right in everything. He messed up, goofed up. That's why he gave me First John, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. And I'm here today to tell you that no, he was not perfect, but my blood speaks for him. The blood has been applied to his life. And the Father will look down upon me and hopefully and prayerfully say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter in, the joys of heaven are yours. That's for you. But there's a great day coming for you as Christians. And you'll have to give a day and an account of what you've done with the salvation that you've been given. What you've done with the Savior that's been given for you. 
whether you trampled upon the blood that's been applied or you took it for naught, as we talked last week, that you wandered off as a sheep or you neglected it as a coin or you totally rebelled against it and said, I don't even want that stuff anymore. You'll give account of yourself. But if you're not a Christian, there's a day of wrath that will be appointed unto all men. And we all shall stand before the throne of God and give an account of ourselves what we have done. And that's called the great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment. A summons day that all will receive, all shall appear. Every one of you within the sound of my voice this morning, I say it may not matter what I say, but you might want to listen to this. There's a great day coming by and by when every one of you will stand before God. What evidence will you bring? I've been a good man. Great. I, I, I tried hard. I was a good father. I provided for my children. Great. Wonderful things. Wonderful, wonderful things. I, I, I loved my wife to the best of my ability. Great. Wonderful. Precious. Honorable. Good things. I went to all my kids' games. I, I did this for them. I did that. I provided for them. I was a good man. I was a good woman. I kept the house clean. My husband came home. Dinner was on the table. He never lacked for anything. His clothes were clean. His shirts were pressed. He never wanted for anything. He had a nice, clean home. He had a full belly. And I did everything I can, and I raised my children the best I can. I did all those good works. And God will look down and say, those are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things. But they don't matter here. They don't matter here. Those are great things. But my, my uncle was pastor. Great. Doesn't matter. My great-grandpa founded the church. Great. It don't matter. Everyone will give account of himself unto God. It tells us in Revelation 20. Let's read that again. Somber, somber words. Don't you just love a Sunday morning like this? And the devil, and I saw a great white throne. And he that sat upon it whose face from the earth and the heavens had fled away. And there was no place for them. No place to go. This is it. This is where it mattered. You had no place to hide, nowhere else to go. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to his works. And the dead and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You're in this building today, I hopefully and prayerfully, because somewhat you do believe in God. You're here today because there is a measure of faith within you, I believe. You're here today because you wanted to come and to hear perhaps some wonderful music by Sister Sue and all the singers. I mean... I mean, look at the talent God's given us, Shiloh and, 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 and um, <laughs> went brain dead, Sky, Skyler, and, and, and David and all the others. And, and, and 
The little girl back here says she's not going to sing, but she did today. Sister Kim, Vondi, others, all the blessings that God, you know, God's given us so much. But you're here today because you wanted to come and experience those wonderful, wonderful things. So you have a measure of faith. You have a measure of belief. Am I assuming to be right? There's something in you that says there's a reason I want to get up on a Sunday morning rather than sleep in and go. But some of you just got the ankles in. You're just ankle deep. Some of us are just ankle deep. God wants more of you. Because there's going to come a day, a great day coming, when you will have to stand before God and you will have to give account of yourself, what you've done, whether good or bad, good or bad. And he'll say, those things were great, those things are good, those things mattered, those things were great. You did this, those were edifying. You lifted up your brothers, you lifted up your sisters. You did wonderful, wonderful things, but is your name in the book of life? That's all that is going to matter. That's the only evidence that's going to matter on that great day. That's all that will matter. Not what anyone thought, not any prejudices, not any biases, not any preconceived notions, not what anyone else thinks, not what anyone else says, but is your name written in the Lamb's book of life. It's about you and you alone. The evidence will speak. There'll be a day and a time when you will receive that summons. Us in the body of Christ, it's not for our salvation. But I hope and pray that when I stand before my Lord and Savior, I know I'm going to have mistakes. I know he's going to say, boy, you really messed that one up. (laughs) I know there's going to be times that I fall short. I know there's going to be times that I'm not perfect. I know there's going to be times that things go through this noggin up here that are crazy, crazy, stupid things. Any of you ever have any of that? Okay, thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Me and Ken are the only crazy ones in here. I know that. But he's going to hopefully and prayerfully, and I believe but what thus saith the word, that he's going to look upon me and say, but your name's been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The blood was applied March 8, 1981. That's why I sing that one song, Let the Blood of Calvary Speak for Me. Because I don't have any other defense. It's not in my works. It's not in my ability. It's not in how many times I stood behind a pulpit. It's not in how many times I taught a class. It's not in how many times I sang a song flatly and badly. It's not. It's not how many times I come into this building whether I showed up every time the doors were open. I mean, this last past week, I think we were here four times. But it's not about that. It's not. Those are all good and wonderful things, and you should want to do those things. You should want, I mean, Friday night we had a prayer time. I mean, God bless. Brother Rick, I hope your back's doing better because we prayed for you. Better? Better. We prayed for things in this nation. You know, but those aren't why my name's in the book of life. Those are good things. But the evidence is that he looks upon me and says, The blood has been applied. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. But there's also a day coming for those that have not had the blood applied. You may look down upon it and say, but I did all these wonderful things. I also went to that service four times this week. I also was there when Sue was praying on Friday night. I was also there when Shiloh sang and Skylar sang. And I, I even raised my hand just like all the other sheep did. I did exactly what they did. If I pounded that one home enough. (laughs) I also did all those church things. 
I went to this, I went to that, I did this, I did that. I did all those good works. I did them all. I was a good, faithful worker. I did it all. But he looked into the book and he says, but I don't see your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're not there. You're not there. The evidence speaks for itself. Your name has not been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, into the hell prepared for the devil and his angels. Isn't that a great Sunday morning thought? But I also know this, that I have an advocate. I have a judge that wants to stand there for me. I have a Savior, Jesus Christ, who wants to stand there and say, yes, the evidence will speak. Because I know on November 12th, 2023, is today the 12th, I think, 2023, I went to an altar of prayer. And I said, God, I've not been the Christian I should. I want to grow a little closer to you. I want to know more about you. And, and please, don't, don't get caught up in what I think about it. It's not matter, it don't matter what I think about what you're doing or not doing. I'm not your judge. It's a God job. But if God has laid it upon your heart today that you need to know more of him and want to know more of him, perhaps coming to an altar prayer will help get that started. Perhaps saying, I want to attend Sunday school where I didn't attend Sunday school for years. I want to learn more about him. Perhaps this will help you. That will help you. Perhaps there's many things that this church offers that can help you to grow and to be more Christ-like, to be conformed to the image of his son, more so than you are today. But all that matters is that your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It isn't a matter of you're lost or not or saved. That's been determined at Calvary. That's a God job. But perhaps you have realized through this 40 minutes that I've been up here yapping that you want to grow a little closer. Perhaps today, though, the evidence is spoken, and you say, I've never asked Christ into my life. I've done some good things. I went up there and prayed a couple times, and I, I wanted to feel better. Uh, I, I told them that, yeah, pray for me. Yeah. I, I told them I, I, I'm trying really hard, and they said, that's good. I, I did all these wonderful, wonderful things, and, but at the end of the day, when the yellow paper came for me, and I was called before the judgment seat of God, And they called my name. And I stood in that courtroom of life. David, I didn't know if you were going to sing your court song today, but I don't guide God's service as he does. But I stand in that great judgment seat. I don't know the words, but David has that song. I stood there guilty, but mercy. Thank God. But maybe mercy has not been applied because you've never asked Jesus into your life. Because at the end of the day, we all believe this, and as whoever's going to sing today, come on up. Like I said, you've come here this morning because you have a measure of faith, and you believe that there is a God. And you say, but God would send nobody to hell. I agree with you a thousand percent. I agree. But it also tells us in John 5 that God has given all judgment unto his son. It matters what have you done with Jesus. Is the evidence there that he has come into your life and you've accepted him as your personal savior. That's all that matters.
not any works that you've done, not any psalm that you sang, not any, that's all that matters. Today is judgment day. You have been summoned today to give account of yourself. And I would rather give account of myself on November 12, 2023, between a, before a congregation who loves me and people who love me that will pray for me and support me and lift me up, rather than on that great day by myself where I say, I have no fault. I have nothing else to say. I'm guilty. I had opportunities. I had chances. I went to that church. I heard those guys preach. I heard those songs sung. I, I did it all. I heard it all. I was there amongst it all. I was there more than the preacher was there. I was more than the pastor was there. But God, I stand before you today at this great white throne judgment and I say, I am guilty because my name is not written into the Lamb's book of life. I have no evidence to bring of my salvation. I have no evidence to bring that I was changed. I have no evidence to say that I am not guilty. I have no evidence to bring that I should be set free and enter into heaven. That Sunday, that Monday morning, and the, the trial was through on Wednesday. I want to give you the final of that. The evidence stacked up. I watched the trial. I, I, I said, I want to see what happens with this. So while I was at work, I kind of had it on the sideline there, listened to it. And I tell you what, the guy was going to jail. Sure as I know it, 12 jurors come back and say, not guilty. The evidence spoke he did not commit the crime. Evidence speaks louder than accusations, louder than biases, louder than prejudices. That's had more syllables than it needed to be in there. <laughs> louder than the prejudice that one might have. Boy, I can stop and start all over. But the evidence spoke. And that guy was set free. I want to tell you this morning, the evidence is going to what speak for you. It don't matter what I think up here. It don't matter what anybody thinks. But what do you have to present before God on that great judgment morning? Is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Praise God. But can you grow a little closer? Perhaps. That's between you and God. Work out your own salvation. It tells us in Romans 14, I didn't read that, the beginning part of that chapter where it talks about the judgment. It says some of you eat herbs and some of you don't. Some of you do this and some of you don't. But that's between you and God. Read that. He didn't give them a freedom to sin because he said, what shall we do then? Shall we continue to sin that the grace of God may abound? God forbid, how shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? That's also evidence. You don't want to do the things you used to do. You don't want to live that life that was destroying you, that was tearing you apart. You want to be a new creature. The evidence will be there that that has been in your life. That's for us as Christians. I think some of us can get in behind the ankles. Some of us can get down on the knees. Some of us can go into the loins. Some of you need to get swimming. You need to get in all the way and get God of everything. And I promise you this. I have not yet once seen someone that has given everything to God where he was not everything they needed. I have not yet seen it. Now, I've seen those that have lived half-hearted, that have just given him a little bit, that have played church, that have dabbled in, that have been into the ankles. They've never fully experienced all that God has had for them. They might be saved, and that's great, and that's wonderful. But there's more. There's more. Half isn't enough. A fourth isn't enough. Think about this. If Abraham was promised of God, 
and he was asked to give his son and he walked up the mountain and halfway there he would have quit and said I don't trust I don't believe I'm giving up I, I don't see but if he wouldn't have went all the way he would not have seen the ram in the thicket where God had provided himself a lamb he had to go all the way to see all that God had the children of Israel, those, it tells us in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses was talking to the children of Israel that had come out of the things. He said, you've dwelt at this mountain long enough. It's time to move. There's so many passages about continuing on. It tells us in the New Testament, press towards the mark of the high calling. We as Christians, we've got growth. There's things we need to do a little better. We need to get in there a little more. We need to get swimming. And when you go swimming over there at the Pruitt's house on a hot summer day, it's so refreshing. It's so cooling. But some of you have never yet experienced Christ as your personal Savior. A lot of what I've said today don't matter, but one thing will matter. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Can you go back and recall in your mind when you accepted Christ as your Savior? Do you have a day when you ask Jesus into your heart? Does it ma that matters because you alone, not mama, papa, sister, nothing, nobody else. This is an individual thing. It just matters to one person, and that one person is you. Your yellow sheet has come today. You've been summoned into the court. What have you done? Have you accepted Christ as your personal Savior? God bless you. Thank you for your time. Sister Becky.
as I'm sitting here looking at this little yellow sheet of paper that I was sent, when I was registering for this and looking upon this, they told me that refusal to do so was potentially I could have been fined or even disciplined for not participating in that which I had been called to participate in. There was a judgment that potentially would come down if I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Now, I heard counsel for many people say, well, when you see one of those come from Sister Sydney's office, just throw it away like you never got it. Or just don't fill out the survey. Or just act like you never got it. Just pretend it never came. Any of you got any of that, that advice before? Well, some of you gave me that advice. Thanks. But I was held accountable to this, whether what you said or not. It was sent to me. I had to answer for this, me alone. It was addressed to me, not Ravonda, not in the same household, but me alone. This Sunday morning, you've been given a counsel. You've been given a letter through the message. And you are held accountable to that which you've heard this morning. You as a Christian, if you know that God has given you more light, you need to walk in that light. As God has challenged you to grow more, you need to grow more. You may want to go out of here kicking and screaming like that, but that doesn't mean that you're not held accountable to what you've heard. That's all right. There's a lot of adults that act the same way, hon. Believe me, I hear it every time I'm done on Sunday. But you're still held accountable to it. But for those of you that don't know Christ as your Savior, you've gotten the letter today. You have no excuse. When you stand before him on that great white throne judgment, you will not be able to say, I didn't know. I was not told. I did not understand. I tried to read the Bible, but the these and the that, just, you, all my excuses. And God will say unto you from that great white throne judgment through his son, but the evidence has spoken. Your name is not written in the book of life. That's all you were required to do. That's all you were required to do. Now, how does one get their name in the book of life? You come to a prayer where you say, Lord Jesus, I admit that I have a faith in God. I'm here on this Sunday morning. I don't understand how, to, I don't get it all. I'm new or, or I've, I just don't understand it all. But I believe today that the word has been spoken unto me and through the innocence of my not knowing everything, I ask you to be my savior. I don't know what that means yet. I don't fully understand it all. I don't, I don't get everything that DJ and Tim and Randy and Bobby and Connie and Sue. I, I don't get all that they've got. I, I don't understand that at all. Well, I didn't either on a Sunday night when I came forward. I just knew that something was missing in my life. And through a simple prayer, I ask him to be my savior. And I've learned a lot since then, Brother Ken. I've messed up a lot. But whether I messed up or goofed up, guess what? That night, March 8, 1981, my name was written in red in the Lamb's Book of Life. And that is the only evidence that I will stand before God someday. 
I will not bring him that I stood behind a pulpit for you, God. I will not bring him that I sang songs. I will not bring him that I attended junior church and I was a Sunday school teacher. I will not bring him that I did a bus ministry. I will not bring him that I came to Wednesday night services, that I came to Thursday night, that I came to Friday. I will not bring any of those things to that judgment seat. What I will bring to him is my name on March 8, 1981 was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That is the only evidence that will matter. And he will look down upon me and say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter in. If your name, you do not know that you know that you know that you know, is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you have answered the summons today. It's up to you what you do.